Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. And welcome to the second night of CNN Republican Presidential Town Hall from Columbia, South Carolina. Uh, welcome. We've heard now from Governor Kasich. We've heard from Governor Bush. Everyone, please welcome Donald Trump. Hello, everybody. Welcome. Hello, How's it going? Nice to see you. Have a seat. So you've had quite a day. Oh, the Pope is a wonderful guy. <laughs> Let me, let's start right there. Surprise. How surprised were you by, by what the Pope said? For those who don't know, he said, and uh, part of what he said was, a person who thinks only about building walls wherever they may be and not a building bridges is not Christian. This is not the gospel. Well, I didn't think it was a good thing for him to say, frankly. And he was talking about the border. And as you know, I'm very strong on border security, and we have to have a border in this country. And we certainly don't have one right now. And uh, as you know, we're talking about building a wall. We're going to build a wall, and Mexico is going to pay for the wall. And that's the way it is. They, you know, we have a trade uh, balance, and, and if you look at it, imbalance of about $58 billion with Mexico. And it's really more than that because we also subsidize, et cetera, et cetera. So they're going to pay for the wall. But uh, somehow the government of Mexico spoke with the Pope. I mean, they spent a lot of time with the Pope. And by the time he left, he made a statement. I don't know. If Wait, was... you think the government of Mexico somehow got oh, the Pope to say this? Well, I don't think they said that way, but I think they probably talked about, isn't it terrible that Mr. Trump wants to have border security, et cetera, et cetera. And the Pope made the statement. And I think it was probably a little bit nicer statement than was reported by you folks in the media, because after I read it, it was a little bit softer. But the bottom line is we've got to have a border. We've got to have security. We have uh, Tremendous illegal immigration in the country. Well, I'll just say the Pope did go on to say this is uh, this is not the gospel. As far as what you have said about whether I would advise to vote or not to vote, I'm not going to get involved in that. I say only that this man is not Christian. If he has said things like that, we must see if he said things in that way, and I will give him the benefit of the doubt. And he also talked about having a wall is not Christian, and he's got an awfully big wall at the Vatican. I will tell you, so it's going to be an interesting. Uh, but people do come and go through the Vatican. I mean, it's open. To and tourists. they're going to come and go through the wall. I mean, you know, but they're going to come and go legally. They're going to do it legally. And uh, that's what I want. And that's what a lot of people want, obviously, but because you, they agree with me. You've been in fights with a lot of people, but in, with the Pope, I mean, does it give you pause? <laughs> I don't like fighting with the Pope. Actually, <laughs> uh, I, I don't think this is a fight. I think he said something much softer than was originally reported by the media. I think that he heard one side of the story, which is probably by the Mexican government. Uh, he didn't see the tremendous strain that, you know, the border is causing us with respect to illegal immigration, with the drugs pouring across the border. I mean, I, I just won the New Hampshire primary, and I will tell you, these are amazing people. The biggest single problem that I have, no matter where I went to New Hampshire, was heroin. And it's pouring in, and it is just pouring into the area. And, you know, it's sort of funny, because you, you look at New Hampshire as being this 
beautiful, idyllic place, magnificent. I loved it. I loved the people there. I loved the whole place. And it's the last place you think that they really have a big drug problem. They have a massive drug problem, as you know. And it's always the first subject. No matter what I do, it's the first subject they want to talk about. And we've got to stop it. And it's pouring in through the southern border, and we are going to stop it. Uh, I just want to ask you one more question on the Pope, and then we'll move on, because there's a lot of other uh, items in the news before we get to, uh, to our voters, um, many of whom are undecided, as many people are in this state. Really? Uh, Is so you could, undecided? Well, you're doing well in the polls. You could pick up a couple of votes tonight. Well, though. I thought so. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Good. We'll see. Um, but you, we, you know, early on, you talked about uh, the forgiveness, and you were asked, uh, in terms of your faith, whether you asked for forgiveness. And at one point, I remember you said to me, uh, you try to not to do things wrong so that you don't have to ask for forgiveness. Was there a moment when you first heard the Pope had said something about you that you thought, maybe I'm going to have to ask for forgiveness? <laughs> no. No, look, I, I really, <laughs> not really. Uh, I have a lot of respect for the Pope. I think he's got a lot of personalities, very different. He's a very different kind of a guy. Uh, and I think he's doing a very good job. He's a lot of energy. But I would say that uh, I think he was very much misinterpreted. And I also think he was given false information. If he would have heard our side, the side from people that live in the United States. Would you like States. to meet with him and talk to him about it? I'll do it anytime he wants. I mean, I think it would be very interesting. No, I like him. I mean, I like him as a personality. I like what he represents. And I certainly have great respect for the position. I, I, uh, as you know, we did a town hall last night. I talked to uh, Marco Rubio. I talked to uh, Senator Cruz. You sent Senator Cruz a cease and desist letter to the campaign about an ad they're running that features an old interview you did with Tim Russert back in the late 90s. Long time ago. Yeah, you, when you were... Many, many years When ago. you were pro-choice... Yeah. Uh, you are now say your position is completely changed. Pro-life, you are, you are yes. pro-life, um, and you're adamant about that. But but that's not the only thing. I mean, look, he has a problem with the truth. And even Marco Rubio, I guess today there was something about he was, you know, picture was manufactured and it was not photoshopped. Right? Well, it was totally photoshopped. I could see by just looking at it. In fact, they even made Marco a lot shorter than he is if you look at it really. And I'm sure that's probably the thing that bothered him the most. He was a hell of a lot. <laughs> He was like very small. I mean, he's not that small, not too big, but he's not so small. But but I will tell you, I looked at that photo. I said immediately it was photoshopped. But if you look at what he did, I'm talking about Cruz to Ben Carson, where he said, listen, he's out of the race. Everybody come vote for us. He's out of the race. That was so dishonest. And then he did something else that you people never picked up on. And I think it was the worst of all. He did a voter violation notice. It looked like it's right out of the IRS. Yeah, we it, talked about it. The official paper. It was so disgusting. And it's basically, you have a voter violation. Now, they don't have lawyers. These are people that were frightened when they got it. And it graded them, and you have an F, 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 F. And essentially it says, if you vote for Ted Cruz, this violation's gonna go away. And let me tell you something. People voted for him because of that. That was a fraudulent document. And he said things about me. For instance, I'm very strong on the Second Amendment. He said, Donald Trump will leave the Second Amendment. He's going to destroy the Second Amendment. You're not going to have a Second Amendment. Uh, there's even one going up now in Nevada. He's got something about land that I'm for taking back the land. I have nothing to do with it. He, he will make up stories. And, you know, he holds up the Bible. And then he lies. I think it's very inappropriate. But, but a cease and desist letter, I mean, you're not going to sue him. Well, you don't know that, but I like to send letters. I have a lot of lawyers. I have wonderful lawyers. I like to send letters. But you know what? It's good that people know. And I think it's, because probably, the, I mean, it's probably affected him because I know the CBS poll just came out a little while ago and New York Times CBS. And uh, I mean, my numbers are fantastic. But I that, think it had an impact. In that particular commercial, he's using uh, an interview you did give in the late 90s. It doesn't represent your current position. But he's not saying that. He's saying... 
I am. And you take a look at the words he said. When he goes around talking to people, he uses that. That was, what, 17 or 19 years ago. That was a long time ago. It was with Tim Russert, who, by the way, was a great guy. We miss Tim Russert. I really liked him a lot. But it was with Tim Russert. And you got to explain my views now, too. You can't say, I am, because he was saying, I am. And that's what he was doing when he went out to audiences. And it's just not true. And as far as Second Amendment, I'm the strongest person running on the Second Amendment. And he would say, you know, he'd just make up stories. So it was inappropriate, Anderson. And we sent him something. We'll see what happens. Who knows? I mean, I think he's got other cases. I think the, the wonderful case is going to be whether or not, and I, I understand he got sued today, actually. He's going to be sued by a lot of people. He's going to be sued by the Democrats if he ever got the nomination, which I don't think he will, honestly. I don't think he will. But if he ever got the nomination, I, I don't think he's got a very good chance of getting it. But he was sued today on the fact that he was born in Canada. It's a big problem. To, um, Problem for the party, for the Republican Party. You, say, you send out cease and desist letters, as you say. You got a lot of lawyers. You like to send out letters. You uh, certainly yeah, I don't attack. Like to, but it's something I will do on occasion. You certainly attack back. Your critics say, "Look, you're a bully." How do you respond? I'm not a bully. No, I'm not a bully at all. I don't think I'm a bully at all. I built a great company. I filed as you know when I did my file. Everyone said I wasn't going to run. Then I ran. Then I signed certain documents. Everyone said you'll never sign. You know, you basically sign your life away. Form A or whatever it's called. I signed Form A. It's like, you know, they said, wow, he signed that. Then they said, well, he'll never put in his financials because maybe they're not as good. Turned out they're much better than anybody ever even envisioned. And I built a great company. You have to be, you have to have a certain personality to build. I have some of the greatest assets in the world, very low debt, tremendous cash flow. I mean, it's a truly great company. So as president, would you be sending cease and desist letters? Would you? Yeah, be maybe to China. No, but, I would be. But, but, I would but, but, be sending them to China to stop ripping us off. I would be sending them to other countries to stop ripping us off. I'd send them to Mexico. And when I say cease and desist, maybe it's equivalent, okay? Maybe I do it with my mouth. With. Of course. Look, our country is going to hell. We have a problem with China. We have a problem with Japan. We have a problem with Mexico, both at the border and in trade. Carrier just announced they're moving to carrier air conditioner. I buy them all the time. I'm not going to buy them anymore, by the way. I buy thousands they're moving to Mexico. I saw the clip. I saw the boss saying, we're closing up, we're moving to Mexico. What do we get out of it? They're moving to Mexico. Now they're going to make air conditioners, sell them to us, no tax, no nothing. We get nothing out of it. By the way, if we said, guess what, you're going to have to pay a 35% tax to get them through the border, they wouldn't even move. I want you to meet uh, some of the voters. Sherry Burris is here. She's a Republican who says she's currently undecided. She's got oh, that's too bad. Sherry? <laughs> no pressure. Um, Hi. Nice you? to meet you. Thank you. Um, first, I wanted to start off saying that I'm impressed with your business sense, um, especially because I'm a commercial real estate broker. Good. Then you know. Yes. You know how I do. Maybe you can teach me some things. Um, but I also have a master's. Where are you from? I'm from Columbia, oh, South great. Carolina. Um, I also have a master's in public administration. I worked for 16 years in state government all the way from working with the legislature to state and local government, trying to actually implement private sector um, policies. As you probably have already figured out, politics and government in general is a totally different animal. Totally different. Yes. Right. Um, here's my, my concern. In private sector, if you don't like the deal, you can walk away. The president is not a person. It's not a business. It's an office that is powered to protect and serve the people of the United States. My biggest concern is how are you going to govern and get buy-in from people that you may totally disagree with? 
without getting angry and without refusing to look for common ground, I like your principles. I want a, a strong president. I want someone who is strong, tenacious, but I'm having some c trouble getting past your self-control. Okay. Can you help me with that? I, I appreciate the question, actually. It's a great question. First of all, when it comes to, you know, some people say, oh, Trump is tough, and I thought I did a great debate the other night at Time Magazine, and, and everybody thought that I won. Drudge thought I won. You know, they do the polls after the debate. I thought I did a great debate, uh, but some people thought I was too tough. I said, wait a minute, I have Jeb Bush, and I have all these guys coming at me from 15 different angles, and you have to be tough, and we have to be tough to protect our country. I have a great temperament. You don't build a great company and especially a company with very little debt and all of the kinds of things that I have. And I have employees that have been with me for many, many years. I mean, long-term employees, they're really great people and they've been with me for a long time. But we need a certain toughness. Look, we have ISIS chopping off people's heads, Christians' heads, everybody else's heads, drowning people in cages. You've never seen, this is like medieval times. We need a certain toughness. I know that Hillary said, I don't like Donald Trump's tone. Tone. They're chopping off the heads of people. This hasn't happened since medieval times. We need a certain toughness. And if we don't have the toughness, we're not going to end up with a country. You know, we're going to let people come into this country. They're going to be ISIS or ISIS related. And we're going to have problems like you've never seen. You had a problem where you had two radicalized, probably she came in radical, radicalized him, the two, the married couple, the young couple. They killed 14 people. They killed 14 people. They killed people, and you understand what I'm talking about in California. They killed people that gave them wedding parties, people that they knew very well, people that they worked with, people that they actually got along with. They killed them. There's something going on. We need a certain toughness. We have weak people leading our country. So as president, though, I mean, you've talked about this before, would your tone be different? Is there a presidential it, it be, uh, Trump yeah, that's you different and I have than had a this campaign Yeah, sure. Look, I went to the best school. I was a good student and all of this stuff. I mean, I'm a smart person. I, my uncle was one of the top people at MIT. He was a great professor at MIT. I like, you know, like, um, it's a smart family, okay? I know I can be more politically correct than anybody that you've ever interviewed. You'll probably say, boy, that was a boring interview. But I can be very political. I can do whatever I want. I, I have Palm Beach. I have Mar-a-Lago. I deal with society. Society loves me, and I can act differently for different people. But we don't have time to be totally politically correct in this country. Our country's in serious, serious trouble. Let me give you one example, though, about, about toughness. So we have the Democrats and the Republicans, corporate inversions. There's trillions of dollars that cannot get back into this country. The Democrats agree it should come back in. The Republicans agree. This isn't something like a health care or whatever that they don't agree. This is something... Trillions, they say two and a half trillion. I'd say it's more than five trillion dollars. Carl Icahn endorsed me. He's a great guy. He's a tough guy. We'd get him involved in things. We'll get the smartest business leader involved. But we have this two and a half to five trillion dollars outside of the country. The Republicans want it in. The Democrats want it in. They can't make a deal. They can't make a deal because there's no leader. I would put these people in a room, and within 10 minutes, I'd have a deal. They all want it. This is something that, not where there's a dispute. They all want it. There's no leadership. Maybe they don't work hard enough. I don't know what it is. There's some, there's some candidates that were saying, look, compromise is, is a dirty word. No, You've no, got you to stand to, on principles. Do you believe in compromise? No, I believe in compromise where I win, okay? I mean, <laughs> no, can you always deal. win in a compromise? Yeah, you can win. I mean, you, look, Tip O'Neill and Ronald Reagan, they ran a pretty good ship, and they did well, and everybody was happy. The country wasn't based on executive orders. 
Right now, Obama goes around signing executive orders. He can't even get along with the Democrats. And he goes around signing all these executive orders. It's a basic disaster. You can't do it. But here's the thing, corporate inversion. Uh, we have companies, great companies, leaving the United States. You know, it used to be they'd leave New York for Florida or they'd leave someplace for Texas or some other place, right? But we have great companies leaving this country. The great drug companies are leaving, many of them. They're going to Ireland. I mean, we're having announcements with thousands and thousands of jobs and great companies are leaving. We can't let that happen. And they're leaving for two reasons. Lower taxes, and my plan, under my tax plan, the taxes are much, much lower for the middle class and also for corporations. But very importantly, they're leaving to get back money. They, they are leaving to get the money that they can't bring back into this country. I want you to meet another voter. This is Todd Hicks. He's got a question about health care. He says he is voting for you on uh, Saturday. Todd? I like, I like right from the beginning. <laughs> Thank you, Todd. You're doing the right thing. Good evening, Mr. Trump. Um, my question is about health care, and I'm a local uh, health insurance agent over in uh, Camden, South Carolina, and I'm not a big fan of Obamacare. Um, you're right. Yes. You've gone on record as stating that uh, many times that you're one of your first uh, acts of duty when you're elected president uh, would be to abolish Obamacare. Right. hundred percent. hundred percent. I've actually sat and watched the sticker shock uh, from uh, customers as they come in and they've seen the rising cost. What, I'm sorry, what is your exact plan and okay. please be specific as to okay, what you would do to replace Obamacare? Okay, great question. First of all, Obamacare, as you know, is a disaster. Your rates are going up 25, 35, 45, 55 percent. It's going to fail in 17 anyway, unless, as usual, the Republicans bail them out. You know, we know where the Democrats are coming from, but the Republicans have been so weak. The budget they passed four weeks ago is a catastrophe. They call it the omnibus budget. It gives Obama everything he wanted. It gives him money to bring in people from Syria that we have no idea who they are, or where they are, etc., which is a disaster. We can't afford to do that. It gives money for illegal immigration, for, you know, letting people come in illegally into this country. I mean, the whole thing is a disaster. The Republicans passed it. With health care, we have to repeal and replace Obamacare. What would it, you replace it with? Health care savings accounts, which are great. We will do that. Or we're going to have, and probably and, you can say and or, what I really like is the insurance, I'm a self-funder. I'm not taking any money, okay? I'm not taking money from the insurance company, so I can do what's right. I can do what's right for the people. I can do, and this is something that I think I've been given credit for. I don't think I've been given enough credit because I have turned down hundreds of millions of dollars. I could take, if Jeb Bush raised $148 million, put in a fund, it's like throwing it out the window, what he did with it. I would have had 500, I would have had a billion dollars. I've, I have people asking me, please let me give you, I'm doing it all myself. What happened is we have lines around each state. It makes it impossible for people to bid, to, for insurance companies to bid within those states. The insurance company would have a monopoly, would rather have a monopoly on here or on New York or on Iowa or in any other place than be able to bid all over the United States because they make much more money that way. What we do, and the insurance companies take care of the politicians. They're giving the politicians, most of the guys that I'm running against are getting money from insurance companies and they're getting money from, by the way, other companies, drug companies, pharmaceutical companies. They give tremendous amounts of money to the people that I'm negotiating against, that I'm debating against, the people that are on the stage, the people that are in Congress, the senators. So what I'm saying is this. We have to get rid of the lines. We have to create competition. When you do that, you will have the best health care you've ever, ever had. 
and it'll be at a reasonable cost. They almost got rid of the lines when they were doing Obamacare, but it didn't happen because the insurance companies have too many of the senators under control. Let me ask Todd, just to follow up. You understand up. what did, I mean. There's no competition. Did you get your answer? I mean, is that specific enough for you? Do you Sounds fair enough, yes. I, I got one question about it. I mean, if, if Obamacare is repealed and there's no mandate for everybody to have insurance, what's to, I mean, why would insurance company uh, not have a pre-existing, insure somebody Well, with I like the mandate. Condition? Okay, so here's where I'm a little bit different. I don't want people dying on the streets. And I say this all the time. And I say this, look, I did five speeches, maybe six speeches today. We had a lot of rallies. We had thousands and thousands of people. I mean, we get big crowds. Every time I talk about this, I get standing ovations. The Republican people, they're wonderful people. They don't want people dying on the streets. Sometimes they'll say, Donald Trump wants single payer because there's a group of people, as good as these plans are, and by the way, your insurance will go way down, you'll have better plans, you'll, you'll get your own doctor, which Would Obama lied. Remember this. Be able to get insurance? Yes, Obama lied. When he said, you're going to keep your plan, you're going to keep your doctor, you're going to... it was a pure lie. And frankly, many Democrats went along only because they believed him. He lied 28 times, he said it, 28 times. If that were in the private sector, you'd be sued for fraud, okay? He lied to get the plan through. He got it through, and it's turned out to be a disaster. The wrong people are buying it. You know what's happening. It's dead. It's going to... Look, Obamacare is dead. It's going to be repealed. It's going to be replaced. But I will say this, Anderson, uh, if we don't do something quickly. You're going to have a health care problem that you, like you've never seen before in this country. Now, the new plan is good. It's going to be inexpensive. It's going to be much better for the people. But there's going to be a group of people at the bottom, people that haven't done well, people that don't have any money that won't be able to be taken care of. We're going to take care of them through maybe concepts of Medicare. We have hospitals that aren't doing well. We have doctors that aren't doing well. You cannot let people die on the street, okay? Now, some people would say, that's not a very Republican thing to say. Every time I say this at a rally, or even today, I said, once I got a standing ovation, I said, you know, the problem is everybody thinks that you people as Republicans hate the concept of taking care of people that are really, really sick and are going to die. That's not single payer, by the way. That's called heart. We've got to take care of people that can't take care of themselves. But the plans will be much less expensive than Obamacare. They'll be far better than Obamacare. You'll get your doctor. You'll get everything that you want to get. It'll be unbelievable. But you've got to get rid of the lines. You've got to have competition. Those people that are left, we've got to help them live. And everybody likes it when I say it, and that includes Republicans, and it's not single-payer. I want you to meet uh, Orrin Smith. He's a Republican from Leesville. He says he's undecided. Orrin, welcome. First of all, hello. Good to see you again. Hello, Aaron. Nice I to see you. I think it's about five years ago I Good. sat in your office, and uh, you said you were thinking about running for president then, and uh, you, you didn't run then, but man, are you I should have done it. We would have had Obama for four years instead of for eight years. Right, right. right? Well, man, are you running now? I am running. Yes. I am running. And, Actually, and, this may be better timing for me if you want to know. Right. And you've made a lot of statements uh, about a lot of issues and covered a lot of ground in, right. in a very short period of time. One statement you made, I'm really having trouble getting over, okay. frankly, and I want to ask you about it. Sure. Um, as a matter of fact, when I was watching the debate and you made this statement, I had to apologize to my children for the words that came out of my mouth when you said what you said. And that was, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, so correct me Go if ahead. I'm wrong. Sure. When you said that George W. Bush, which was our last Republican president, uh, a man I respect greatly, uh, a person that we really fought for when he was up against a lot of pressure, that that he lied to get us in the war in Iraq. That 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 stung me very deeply. 
Okay. I don't. I don't believe that. I, I'm just okay. wondering, given some time passing, perhaps you've rethought that. Would you be willing to rethink that? Well, a lot of people agree with what I said, and I'm not talking about lying. I'm not talking about not lying. Nobody really knows why we went into Iraq. Uh, the Iraqis did not knock down. It was not Saddam Hussein that knocked down the World Trade Center. Okay, what, that's just what you said was they lied. They said there were weapons of mass destruction, and there were none, and they knew there were none. There were no weapons of mass destruction. Well, there are a lot of people that think that. There were a lot of people that think, look, bottom line, there were no weapons of mass destruction. They said there are weapons of mass destruction. I was so, against so the war think, when it started. Do you think the president... Of the United States, George W. Bush lied. Well, look, to the I'm American not going to get you a vote, but that's okay. Let, I, let me just I'm just giving something. you another let me, shot. Let me tell you something. I'll tell you very simply. It w may have been the worst decision going into Iraq, may have been the worst decision anybody has made, any president has made in the history of this country. That's how bad it is, okay? The migration that you see today, the destruction of Europe with Angela Merkel allowing you know, millions of people coming into Germany. I have people from Germany. They want to leave Germany. These are people two years ago that were, could do nothing but talk about how they love their country, Germany. They're going to leave Germany. Many, many people are leaving Germany. You're going to end up with big problems in Germany. Uh, you look at Sweden the other day. You look at Brussels. I was in Brussels years ago. It was one of the most beautiful places. Now it's like an armed camp. So crazy what they've done. All of this is, the, the, everything that's happening started with stupidly going into the war in Iraq. Now, Iraq, we have... And, and people talk about me with the button. I'm the one that doesn't want to do this, okay? And I'm the one from 2002, 2003, said you shouldn't be doing it. Here's, here's what happens. We have spent $2 trillion in Iraq, in fighting Iraq. $2 trillion. $2 trillion. Thousands of lives, right? We have wounded warriors who I love all over the place. These are the most incredible. These are braver than all of us in this room put together. I look at the attitude, and I work with them, and these are great people. We got nothing. We have nothing. We're not even there. We can't even make a phone call right now. But to his question, I, I'm trying believe, to separate. I I, yeah. I, I, let me tell you. Do, do I you know? Do you believe he lied or did he? Well, I can tell you this. I can. I don't whether he lied or not. He went into Iraq. It was a horrible decision. Okay, and Iraq did not knock down the World Trade Center. Where did these people go when they got on the airplanes? You know where they went? Do you know where they went? They went. A lot of them went to Saudi Arabia. Okay, they didn't go back to Iraq. They went to Saudi Arabia. Now. There are sealed documents right now that nobody wants to allow it to be open that talk very much about the subject. I'd like to see what it says. I will say this. Bush felt very shunned. Saddam Hussein overplayed his hand because he was, you know, he, senior Bush did the right thing. He knocked the heck out of him and then he pulled back. OK, he didn't get into the quagmire. And that was OK to do. The problem is Saddam Hussein said, I drove them back. I drove the Americans back. He really overplayed his hand. And frankly, I think the son, being loyal to the father, I think he really wanted to go into Iraq, even if it wasn't the right thing to do. He went into Iraq. He started something that destroyed the Middle East. And I said, don't go in because you're going to ruin the balance in the Middle East. You're going to have a total imbalance. You're going to have Iran taking over Iraq. Everything I said turned out to be true. Iran is now taking over Iraq. So, and they wanted to do it for years and years and years. They're going to walk in. So not only do we make a horrible, horrible deal where we're giving Iran $150 billion, we got nothing for it. We get our prisoners back. They should have been given back to us three years ago, four years ago. We shouldn't have even started negotiating until we got our prisoners back, and we would have had it that way. But here's the problem. So we make all bad deals. The I war in Iraq started the whole destabilization of the Middle East. It started ISIS. It started uh, Libya. It started Syria. That was one of the worst decisions ever made by any government at any time. In all fairness, Bush made the decision. Just one thing. And Barack Obama, Barack Obama, 
as bad as he is, and he's bad. But he got us out the wrong way. He should have left people there, and he should have done it differently, and he shouldn't have said, we're getting out at a specific time. He gave a specific date, as you know, to get out. So bad. So bad. Just to his question, I'll one more chance. Either you believe he either lied or did not lie. Are you willing to say what? I don't know what he did. I just know it was a terrible mistake. So was it a mistake for you to say in that debate that you thought he lied? Uh, I'd have to see the exact word. Look, I don't know. I would probably say that something was going on. I, I don't know why he went in. I don't know why he went in. Because, honestly, there was no reason to go in. They didn't knock down the World Trade Center. It was an Iraq that knocked it down. So you would not say again that George W. Bush lied? I don't know. I can't tell you. I mean, I'd have to look at some documents. Okay. I want you to meet uh, Craig Caldwell. He's a small business owner. He says he's undecided. Craig? Thank you, Anderson. Mr. Trump, Yes. Um, you're considered the political outsider in this race. Um, a lot of people attribute your overall success so far to that. Um, if you go on to win this nomination and elect in November, um, a Trump administration cabinet would consist of people outside of politics. If so, who would you, can you give us some examples of who you would consider and for what posts they would well, you talked about Carl Icahn already. Yeah, but I, I don't necessarily, you know, Carl's a very successful businessman. What I really love Carl to do is check out the, how we doing in trade with China. You Carl. want him to negotiate. I like him negotiating. Have you thought about it? I have other friends. I have some of the greatest businessmen in the world. They're all calling me now because they say, wow, this could happen. And they're all calling me. We have the greatest business people in the world in this country. We don't use them. We use political hacks to negotiate with China, with Japan. We have Carolyn Kenny negotiating uh, car deals and, and trade deals with, and she doesn't even know. Carolyn Kennedy got to be the ambassador of Japan. Would you want all Republicans on your cabinet or would you no, want a, a cabinet of- I want the best people, honestly. I want the greatest negotiators. We can't lose $505 billion next year with China. Do you find it valuable as a leader in your business world to have people with very different opinions giving like you that. different yeah. thoughts? And then you make the decision. I think I'm very open to that. I like that. I've always liked that. I mean, I'm fine with it. I want the most talented people. We have the greatest negotiators in the world. I told you before, we have a trade deficit with Mexico, $58 billion. You know, when they say you won't build a wall, the wall is going to cost $12 billion. It's peanuts compared to what we lose, okay? That's why Mexico's going to pay. It was very interesting. They say they're not going to pay. I know they do. And Calderon the other day, who's the past president, but Calderon the other day said, we will not pay. So the newspapers called me up. They said, he said, Calderon said, we will not pay. What does that mean? What are you going to say? I said, the wall just got 10 feet higher. Well, True. We've got to take a break. Uh, back in a minute with more questions for Donald Trump. Welcome back. We're here at the campus of the University of South Carolina here in Columbia. Less than two days to go till primary day. Donald Trump taking questions from the voters right now. Uh, thanks very much for being here. Again, Thank you. continuing on. Um, I literally was just handed this. There's a report now out tonight on BuzzFeed that includes, I have not heard it, it includes an audio clip of what appears to be you on Howard Stern talking on the radio on September 11th, 2002. He asked you, are you for invading Iraq? You said, yeah, I guess so. You know, I wish the first time it was done correctly. Is that accurate? Do you remember saying that? No, but I mean, I could, I could have said that. Nobody asked me. I wasn't a politician. It was probably the first time anybody asked me that question. But, does that but by the time the war started, that was quite a bit before. Yeah, this the was war. 2002. Yeah, by the time the war started, uh, I was uh, against the war. And there were articles, I mean, there are headlines in 2003, 2004 that I was totally against the war. And actually, a couple of people in your world, in terms of the pundits, said, 
You know, there's definite proof in 2003, 2004, Trump was against well, it. Well, 2004, so there's even a Reuters article, which you pointed to a lot, and there were right. a couple of comments you made, I think, at Advantage Fair Party right. uh, and one other comment. Those were, I think, a couple of weeks after the war began. When which is okay. A lot of people said, you know, it was so early that even if it was a little bit after the war, I mean, he was totally against the war. I was very much against it. And that was probably the first time I was ever even asked about the war. Uh, Howard, who's a great guy, by the way, a lot of people don't understand that, but he is Howard. He's a great interviewer. He's, he's, a great, he's a great interviewer. He's yeah. a very talented guy and a good guy. But uh, that was probably the first time, I don't remember that, but it was probably the first time I was asked about it. Okay. And you know, again, I haven't heard of it, but you may have said sector, this. Yeah, I may have. When you're in the private sector, you know, you get asked things and, you know, you're not a politician. And probably the first time I was asked, by the time the war started, I was against it. And uh, shortly thereafter, I was really against it. I want you to meet another voter. Uh, Ryan Parsons is Hi, Ryan. his name. He's an aspiring entrepreneur here in South Carolina. He's a registered Republican right now. He's undecided. Okay. Welcome. Hey, Mr. Trump. It's, uh, it's an honor to speak to you. Thank you. Thanks me for too. coming to Columbia. Uh, my, uh, my girlfriend, who's a lobbyist here in Columbia, advised me uh, not to say this. But in the spirit of you being here, I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> uh, Muhammad Ali once said that it is, uh, his greatest fault was that he didn't know how great he truly was. So my question to you is, what do you think your greatest fault is, and how do you overcome that, or how have you overcome that, and how will you continue to do so in order to win the general election? Well, I don't know that it has to do with the general election. I, I have found this process amazingly interesting because, you know, I've never done this. I've been doing this for seven months, and I've been given credit. We're doing really nicely, and it's been uh, very interesting for me. But I will tell you, I've said a couple of times, one of my faults is I will um, put up with people and deception, even though I know they're deceiving, too long. And when I, but when I get, when I, you know, get to it, I'm too tough. In other words, too long, and then instead of just sort of forgetting about it, and especially things that don't matter that much, I never forget. Hmm. I don't forget. I don't think you forget either, to be honest with you. <laughs> but I, I don't forget. And, you know, my wife will tell me sometimes, you're, sometimes you'll go too long, but then when it gets bad, it's like So brutal. you hold on to stuff? I do. I hold on to stuff. And I'd rather not hold on to stuff. But if I've been deceived in any way or if something happens, I really don't forget. Sometimes you're better off forgetting. In other cases, it's not such a bad habit. You know, you, you learn. Because usually with people, when I talk a lot about success, friends of mine ask me, would you speak about success or whatever? And a lot of people pay me a lot of money to do it. And we give it to charity and we have a lot of fun with it. But a lot of people ask me that, and you don't want to necessarily, you want to remember when people deceive you once, usually that same person will do it again because that's a trait that they have. So it's not so bad, but I would say I hold on too long and I never forget. And sometimes forgetting is not a bad thing, uh, if that makes sense. This is uh, Michael Letts. He's uh, been a Republican activist for over 30 years. He is also undecided, okay. still, like many people in the state. Michael. Good evening, Mr. Trump, and welcome to the capital of Southern hospitality. Thank you. Tea's sweet, but it looked like the questions tonight have been even sweeter. I'd like to have you address a particular issue that I've not seen any of our Republican candidates address to this point. In the numerous incidents recently of police-involved shootings and the questions that have been led to raise about racism and the racial tensions that have been caused, I'd like to ask what your administration would do to be able to for future situations, make sure that our law enforcement and our first responders have the kind of support that they feel like they need. Because quite frankly, Mr. Trump, first responders' lives truly matter. You're right. Uh, I am a big, big supporter of the police. I think the police are being treated horribly in this country. 
And certainly you have some bad acts and you have bad mistakes made. And on occasion, it's a tiny fraction compared to the great work that they do. So I am, uh, without question, a huge supporter of the police. We wouldn't be sitting here right now. We wouldn't have a safe society, really. You look at what's happening around the world. We wouldn't have a safe society. So I can tell you right now, I, I assume you are also, you're with me on this. I am a tremendous supporter of the police, and I think they are mistreated and misunderstood. And I think we should give them much more credit than we have given them. Uh, I want to ask you, uh, at the end of these, we'd like to sort of just ask a couple of personal questions, just to kind of let viewers get to know you in a different way. Uh, last night, as you know, we did a town hall. Senator Cruz, I talked to him. Um, he said, he was claiming that you had uh, suggested your sister as a Supreme Court justice. You had not actually done that. I have you had said that. she would make great, she would be, she would she's be fantastic, very smart. but you'd have to rule that out because she was your, your right. sister. What he said was... Uh, he says, it's great to support your sister, that's a nice thing, but if you're actually suggesting someone for the Supreme Court, his sister is a radical pro-abortion judge. She struck down New Jersey's ban on partial birth abortion as irrational. That's an extreme position. That's who he suggested as a Supreme Court justice last year. What's your reaction? So my sister is a brilliant woman who was always a fabulous student, very, very smart. She uh, was appointed by Ronald Reagan. He said appointed by Bill Clinton. She was elevated to the Court of Appeals very high position, right under the Supreme Court, as you know. She was elevated to the Court of, the, of Appeals by Clinton, appointed by Reagan, elevated. And the reason she was elevated, she was an outstanding intellect and an outstanding judge. I don't even know what her views are on abortion. I really don't. She is certainly not a radical anything, because that's not her thing. But this is the kind of thing he said, radical, this, 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 on abortion. Not radical. She may have made a decision one way or the other. I never asked her. I wouldn't ask her. She wouldn't want to tell me. I know I got a very big call from a very great reporter, actually, at the New York Times. And they wanted to do a major piece on my sister. And they called me. Could I possibly get her to do the piece? I called her. She said, no, no, I don't do that. I, I don't want a piece. I don't want anything to do with it. I don't want any. And they did the piece anyway. It was a very nice piece on her. But she refused to partake. She has no interest in that. In fact, I said, are you sure my, you're my sister? <laughs> yeah. What happened? The reporter actually said... A Trump who doesn't like publicity? Be I don't know. I don't like publicity. You know, you wouldn't believe it. I get a lot of publicity. I don't necessarily like it. But Come on. Wait, oh, wait a minute. I got to call you on that. What? It's true. <laughs> what do you You mean? know what? It's true. I don't love that. I can stand... Look, for the most part, I find the press is extremely dishonest, okay? Very dishonest. I find the political press to be unbelievably dishonest and 25 percent are great of course you're in that category he did a great interview with me two weeks ago that i really liked i thought it was really a great interview because based on an article a little bit of the wall street journal by oh, yeah. monica who's a terrific person but but my sister is a great intellect she is a terrific person she's not radical anything i don't know what she did having to do with uh, with uh, abortion uh, but she's a great judge I would have such a conflict of interest, and I think you probably went back and you checked. I do say sometimes, and I joke, I say, oh, my sister should be in the Supreme Court. You know, I'm laughing and having fun, but I would never do a thing like that right, because in fact, it's a conflict of interest. And just, I want to read the quote just so we, we're having it on the record. You said, I think she'd be phenomenal, I think she'd be one of the best, but frankly, we'd have to rule that out. So you never actually were proposing. Yeah, it's so, a, uh, and I don't think she'd want to do it either. So, so last night after the town hall, I went to celebrate at McDonald's. I had a number one meal, which is my that, favorite meal. Uh, I understand you 
like you are a big fast food guy as well. That you actually bring fast food to your plane sometimes. I do sometimes. And, and frankly, what, what do you eat when you when you roll up at a McDonald's? What is what do you Donald Trump order? Uh, fish and light sometimes. Right? <laughs> uh, the uh, the Big Macs are great. The quarter pounder with cheese. I mean, I, it's great. Do stuff. people at the windows be like, what? You know, I'm a big I'm a person that can't sort of believe it. But I'm a person that I like cleanliness. I like clean. And the one thing about the big franchises, you have to have a certain, you know, because of the importance. One bad hamburger, you can destroy McDonald's. One bad hamburger, you take Wendy's and all these other places, and they're out of business. You can't do it. I mean, I don't want to mention the name of the firm, but you see what a certain firm is going through right now. I mean, I don't know. Do they make it? Do they not make it? So I'm a very... I'm a very clean person. I like cleanliness. And I think you're better off going there than maybe someplace that you have no idea where the food's coming from. It's a certain standard. But I think the food's good. And I eat it very carefully. You know, I do as good as, as, as well as I can. But um, I think all of those places, Burger King, McDonald's, I can, I can live with them. I had the other night, I had Kentucky Fried Chicken. Not the worst thing in the world. <laughs> Not the worst thing in the world. What's your favorite kind of music? What music do you like? Well, I think Elton John is great. I think the Stones are great. The Beatles I love. Uh, Michael Jackson was a, actually a very good friend of mine. I knew Michael Jackson very well. Lived in Trump Tower for a long period of time. Uh, would go down to Mar-a-Lago. He actually got married. You know, Lisa Marie Presley, the whole big deal at Mar-a-Lago. They were in the tower. And I will tell you, he was up there one week with her and he never came down. So I don't know what was going on, but they got along. You know, a lot of people say, oh, they didn't really. They were up there for a week. They never, ever came down. I said, where the hell is Michael? I've never seen Michael. But, um, but he was a very talented guy, one of the truly most talented people. I knew him very well. I knew the real story of Michael Jackson. You know, when he died, uh, I would watch people get on. I, I don't want to mention names, but people that you know very well, people that you interview, and they would talk about Michael Jackson. They, they didn't even know him. I mean, very few people got to know Michael Jackson. But uh, he was an unbelievably talented guy. He lost his confidence. And he lost tremendous confidence because of, uh, honestly, bad, bad, bad surgery. He had the worst. He had people that did numbers on him that were just unbelievable, facially and, you know, the plastic surgeons. But Michael was an unbelievable talent who actually lost his confidence. And, you know, believe it or not, when you lose your confidence in something, you can even lose your talent. You've talked about working hard as president. You don't sleep a lot. How, much, how many hours a night do you sleep? And how much television news do you watch? Because I get the sense... I do like it. I watch a lot. You seem yeah. to know everything that's being said about I, I actually get criticized for it, but I do watch it. I watch you a lot, and I watch uh, other people. And you learn. I mean, especially... When with what I'm doing. Somebody said, uh, you watch, you get your generals through television. Why well, don't? I read a lot, okay? I love to read. But, you know, when I see you interviewing a general or a, uh, some security advisor or somebody, I mean, you learn a lot from that. How and much and by sleep? the way, about three to four hours a night. That's all you need? It's all I need, luckily. I mean, Have you always been like that? It's an advantage. Yeah, pretty much. I'll, I'll tell you what. I honestly believe this. I love what I do. I love my business. I love The Apprentice was such a tremendous success. NBC would have done anything to renew it with me. I mean, anything. Uh, Steve Burke came up to my office, the head of Comcast, and he said, please do it, do it, do it. I said, I'm going to run for president. You can't run for president and have a show. It's, you know, the equal time provisions, et cetera, et cetera. I said, no, Steve, I'm not going to do it. They couldn't believe it because they really didn't believe it. Nobody believed I was going to run. You know, my wife actually said, if you run, you will win. But you have to actually run. You can't just say you're going to run because you won't do well. You know, the polls were, the original polls, nobody believed I was going to run. Even when they say, if he runs. And they wouldn't even do polls on it. But she said, if you run, you'll win. 
And Steve Burke came up to the office. He said, I really, you know, they wanted to renew The Apprentice because it was doing phenomenally well. Even after, can you believe it? 14 seasons, 14 seasons, and The Apprentice still did well. But uh, I'm not doing, you know, I have that with Mark Burnett, and we're using Arnold Schwarzenegger, and hopefully Arnold's going to do well. Uh, Is Arnold going to do well? What do you think? Huh? A lot of people. Will he be Trump? Huh? Will he beat you? Are you concerned about that? He's no Trump, right? All right. Are you, um, what, kind of <laughs> Thank a, you. what kind of a parent? Are you? Because, I mean, your kids, a lot of people speak glowingly about your yeah. kids. They speak glowingly about you. Were you a tough dad, and are you different as a grandfather? So I, I get credit for my children. My children are very good children. They were smart. They went to good schools. They did well. Uh, Ivanka, everybody knows, and then Don and Eric. And, and then I have two younger, Tiffany, who's a terrific young woman. And she, uh, she's just graduated from Penn and did mostly A's. And uh, Baron is doing really good. So I have five children. Uh, but one thing, I think I was really, really a good parent because I put my children above everything, above the business, above everything. And Ivanka speaks to it very well, and so do the others. But when people come up and they say, why, I would say from the time that, because I had so much, I had so much experience with alcohol, because I have a brother who was a phenomenal guy, the best-looking guy you've ever seen. But he became, he, he started drinking and drink I saw from a young age he was quite a bit older than me. my brother Fred he was he was a very talented flyer of planes he was I mean great pilots would go to him to to study I mean it was a real ability he had but um, the alcohol was I mean it taught me a tremendous lesson and he taught me a tremendous he was really very and important. that's why you don't drink he said no no don't you ever smoke he was much older he said don't you ever smoke don't you ever drink and I've never had a drink. You know, I've never had a drink and I've never had a cigarette. Those are the good things. I don't want to tell you the bad things. There are plenty of bad things. But I never had a drink. I never had, you know, I never had you a cigarette. You were never tempted to just... No, I, I, I just, I mean, zip. I never liked the taste. I've had friends, when I went to uh, the Wharton School of Finance, I've had friends that didn't like scotch. They hated the taste. And one in particular became pretty successful, but ultimately alcohol destroyed him. He would be with me at, at we're like 18 or 19 years old and he was trying to develop a taste for scotch he ultimately became an alcoholic he became quite successful lost the success because of alcohol i've seen what it does to people it's a horror show and the one thing i can say is if you don't drink there's no temptation but people come up to me and they say could you see my children and, you know because my children are doing a good job now you know famous last words where's wood is that wood yes okay i'm gonna knock on wood okay because who knows but my children are doing a good job, and they're solid. But I would tell them from a very young age, no drugs, no alcohol, no cigarettes. I'd say this so over and over. In fact, Ivanka sometimes would go, Dad, you're driving me crazy. You know, she's like four years old. She didn't even know what it was. No drugs, no alcohol, no cigarettes. And I just put it into them because I've seen people that are really brilliant, people that you know, people, the top people in the industry, they have children, they're very smart children, they have all the aptitude in the world, but they get hooked on drugs, they get hooked on, on alcohol. And they can, alcohol, believe it or not, is almost harder than drugs, but it's harder to get away from it. But they get hooked on alcohol, get hooked on drugs, and as smart as they are, they never make it. So what is one thing you wish you didn't do? Like what's one, advice or... I mean, are you watching TV late at night, or what do you, like... Well, I mean, look, I mean, what advice. I work very hard. Maybe I work too hard. I, I have, uh, I had two very, uh, you know, wonderful women, frankly, that I, I am a worker. I, I love to work. It's not, I don't consider myself like a workaholic. I'm, I'm a workaholic, but I don't consider that a bad thing. And I think probably I would have had... Uh, 
I wouldn't have to say, I have a very good marriage now. Melania is fantastic. But I had two women that I never blamed because I worked so hard that my job came first. Never came first with my children. I always said I was a better, I would say this, I was a better father than I was a husband. But I worked very, very hard and I love doing it. And you know what I'm very happy about? I have tens of thousands of employees. I put so many, I've had thousands and thousands of employees, and that takes care of healthcare, it takes care of education, it takes care of so many things. So not that I change anything, but if I did a little bit less, uh, probably wouldn't have had two marriages that didn't work out. Donald Trump. Thank, thank you very much. much. Appreciate it. Thank you. Very thank much. you. And that's all the time we have. Our thanks to Donald Trump, to Governor Kasich uh, and Bush. We want to thank everybody here in the audience who asked questions. A special thanks to the voters. Thanks as well to viewers at home and everybody here in Columbia for their help and hospitality. Next Tuesday, I hope you join us. New Day's Chris Cuomo is going to be moderating a South Carolina Democratic town hall. Our coverage continues. Don Lemon right after this. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, host of the Chasing Life podcast. In honor of our 10th season, we want to hear from you. Leave us a message at 470-396-0832 and tell us how you chase life. It could be used on an upcoming episode.